And now would you turn with me, while you remain standing, would you turn with me in your Bibles? We're going to be looking at two passages. So first, if you would turn to Genesis chapter 5. So the first book of the Bible, the fifth chapter. I'm going to read verses 18 through 24. And then turn our attention to Hebrews chapter 11. Genesis 5, verse 18, hear the word of God. When Jared had lived 162 years, he fathered Enoch. Jared lived after he fathered Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And now turning to Hebrews 11, to read verses 5 and 6. Hebrews 11, verses 5 and 6. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Let's pray. Father, We pray that you would uh, speak to our hearts and our minds now, that we may have understanding, and that in our understanding, Lord, we may love you all the more, and that we may walk in your ways. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for revealing the story of Enoch to us. May, Lord, we be encouraged now. From your word and by your spirit, for Jesus' sake, amen. You may please be seated. So I've been preaching through uh, the book of Hebrews, and uh, we are uh, spending some time in Hebrews chapter 11. You're familiar, I'm sure, with Hebrews 11. It's the heroes of the faith pa- uh, passage where the writer of Hebrews uh, lists uh, many Old Testament believers, and uh, we looked last time at Abel, and today looking at Enoch. Uh, But backing up a little bit, Hebrews, the, the book of Hebrews, was written to encourage wavering, weary Christians, persuading them to hold on to Christ because they were being tempted to turn away. From the faith. And the writer of Hebrews encourages these debilitated Christians by, in one way, showing the surpassing excellence of Jesus Christ. He is greater than all, and so why would you turn away from him and go to a lesser? He is the greatest of all. So that's one of the methods that the writer uses to encourage these 
debilitated Christians. But the other is he also speaks to them, telling them of the, of the folly, of the surpassing folly to turn away from Jesus Christ. And he, as does many other New Testament writers, highlights the examples of the past. Sometimes those examples are negative examples, and sometimes they're positive examples. And in Hebrews 11, uh, what he is doing is bringing out these positive examples of those who kept the faith, who kept the faith. Today, we're looking at Enoch. Enoch is mentioned in only a few places in Scripture. In Genesis 5, we just looked at that together. Of course, here in Hebrews chapter 11. But he's also mentioned in Luke chapter 3. Uh, in Luke 3, uh, verse 37, he is mentioned, and that is a, a genealogy, a listing of a genealogy, and so he's mentioned there. And then he's mentioned a little bit more fully in Jude, actually, uh, verse, verses 14 and 15. But of course, we're looking at this passage, and by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Who is Enoch? Who is Enoch? Well, we could say yeah, he's the son of Jared, and that's all true. But who is Enoch, and why is he mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11? Well, one of the things we can say about Enoch was that he was a man who pleased God. He was a man who pleased God. Now, how? How did he please God? Well, verse 6 tells us, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith. So Enoch was a man of faith, and he was commended by God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We can be without high intelligence and still please God. We can be a people who have wealth and please God. We can be a people who have little wealth and please God. Without popularity, we can please God. Without good looks, we can please God. I'm only speaking hypothetically here in this group, but without good looks, we can still please God. Without a lot of talent, we can please God. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, which means only those who are true believers in this world can please God. Only those who by faith are trusting in God and in the, the, the salvation that God gives can please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And so Enoch pleased God because he was a man of faith. And now what was the content of that faith? Well, again, verse 6 says, 
whoever would draw near to God and must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, is that, is that it? Is that what he believed? And my answer would be, yes, that is. But we need to read this in light of uh, how, the, how the first readers did, in, in a very covenantal mindset, that God is a God who, who joins together with a people whom he has, has joined with covenantally. Where he says, I am your God, you are my people. And as your God, I will do these things. And as my people, you are to do these things. God comes to his people covenantally. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses asked God, who shall I tell them sent me? Of course, in Exodus 3, that's the passage where God meets with Moses and tells him to go back to Egypt and to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And he was then going to be meeting, of course, with the people of Israel. He says, who should I tell them sent me? And God's answer is, I am that I am. I am that I am. The Greek translation of the Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint, says, I exist. I exist. Jesus in Revelation chapter 1 says, I am the living one. I am the living one. You see, this is why faith pleases God. Faith sees that its glorious object is the living one. The one who is, the one who exists and who covenants with his people. Faith rests in this God. And only this God. Enoch believed God. And nothing else is pleasing to God. And that teaches us that the great issue of faith is not in its quality so much as in its object. In whom do you put your faith? That's the issue at hand. So Enoch was a man who pleased God because he was a man of faith. But we read here in Hebrews 11 that he also was a man who walked with God. This is, of course, highlighted in Genesis 5, verse 21. And, of course, I would say that goes hand in hand with those who please God. So what does that mean, that Enoch walked with God? You see, what we know about Enoch is so little. In Genesis 5, the story, he walked with God, and then he was not, for God took him. The idea of that is Enoch was known to be a Yahweh follower, and at some point, people couldn't find him anymore. There was no funeral, there was no burial, none of that happened. People just couldn't find him anymore, and it was revealed to them that God took Enoch to, to glory, 
Enoch walked with God. What does that mean? Well, it's very relational language, isn't it, to walk with God. There's a sense of friendship, a sense of intimate fellowship that Enoch had with God. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, I want that. I want to be one who walks with God. I want, I want to have that, that relationship, that friendship, that intimate fellowship with God. How can that happen? Well, there's several things that can be said about that. But the first thing, the first and I would say the most important thing is that there can be and will be no fellowship, no walking with God if you are not in Christ Jesus. Christ said, he himself, Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one comes to the Father but through me. And this is why we believe that and profess strongly that there aren't all the a multiplication, a multiple ways by which we can come to God. Some say that. Some say there's, you know, God is at the top of a mountain and there's a lot of different pathways that lead to God. That's not what the Bible teaches at all. That's certainly not what Jesus said. He says, I am the way. There's only one way. There's only one road to the Father, and that is through Jesus Christ. I am the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And Jesus said many other things. I am the gate, he said. I am the door. There's not other doors and other gates. There's no other ways but Jesus Christ. And so if, if there is in any inkling a sense that you want to be one who walks with God, let me tell you, first of all, what that means is that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We talked about this earlier today in our worship service, that God sent Christ to redeem a people for himself. And that that's the only way is by trusting in and believing in Jesus Christ. Do you? Do you? If you would walk with God, that's how it is. And you might be asking, well, how did Enoch? Enoch lived, you know, he, in, in the genealogies, Enoch is the seventh from Adam. You know, he, so and it, the genealogies are interesting. What we read was very interesting, how, you know, uh, Jared lives 962 years, and Enoch lived 365 years. Uh, but before the flood, uh, they're all, other than Enoch, in the 900 range, 900 years range. Uh, if, you, if you look at a, a timeline, you know, and you, you see, you know, all of a sudden the flood happens. So you have all of these uh, early uh, fathers and, and mothers who are living to the 900s, and then the flood happens, and then it starts dropping off. So that when you get to Abraham... He was, oh, I think, I want to say 170-something, but what, you know, that, but it starts really dropping off and then leveling off. You, you know, we see that interestingly in the timeline. The point is, how did Enoch, if he walked with God, how could that be 
if Christ has not yet come? And the answer is that God had promised to Adam and Eve that the seed of the woman would crush the serpent's head. And God uh, pictured the, uh, uh, the cleansing and the sacrifice through the, the shedding the blood of an animal and the covering them, Adam and Eve, with skins of an animal. And though you and I have much greater revelation about Jesus Christ, who he is, what he said, what he accomplished, what he, how he died, how he rose again. We have all of that information and revelation to us. Enoch didn't have all of that, but he did have a promise that there would be one coming. And he believed and trusted and rested in that promise for all his life. And he walked with God. Where they walked is secondary. We might try to be interested. How to, you know, where were they going? The issue is, wherever God was going, that's where Enoch was going. That's, he walked with God. Wherever God was headed, that's where Enoch was headed. Uh, that's the idea. Uh, and that's the life of faith, to go where God goes and to go where God takes you. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so we can be assured, God doesn't lead you, God doesn't lead me to break his commandments. When we do that, we've, we've, we're not walking in step with the Lord. Why do we have the commands? They're not an end to themselves, but they are given to exalt Christ. All the Father has done is so that Christ would be all in all. And the, the, with the grand purpose that every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is the Christ. And walking with God means that you're in step with that. You're in step with that great profession. Well, when did Enoch walk with God? We looked at what does it mean to walk with God? When did Enoch walk with God? Well, Jude is helpful there. Jude, in Jude 14 and 15, Enoch lived in times of spiritual and moral darkness. And he had a faith that could not be hidden. So what was it about Enoch's life that pleased God? Well, when that society in which he lived was immoral and in spiritual darkness that yet he was living for the glory and honor of God, walking with God even in dark times. And Genesis 5 tells us that Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah. And for 300 years after he followed, uh, fathered Methuselah. So he lived in very dark days, but when he had a son... He thought, how can I protect my son from this dark wickedness? Enoch walked with God. He was a man of faith. Mothers, today is Mother's Day, but fathers, the best thing you can do for your children is to walk with God. 
the best thing you can do for your children is to walk with God. Our children can handle our failures, our weaknesses, by the mercy of God. And they can handle them quite well when they see that our failures and, and those weaknesses are but little blips compared to the trajectory of our life. What's the trajectory that we're going? That's what our children see. Do you walk with God and seek to live for his glory? What that may mean in Genesis 5 is that the pressures of family life did not deflect him from walking with God. He, for 300 years after Methuselah was born, he walked with God. And he's a man who was taken by God. The only other man that we read in Scripture who was taken in that way was Elijah. Elijah also didn't see death, but was taken in the, the fiery chariot. Uh, we're not given that much detail about Enoch, but Enoch was taken by God. You know, God does all that he pleases, and it pleased God to take Elijah. It pleased God to take Enoch without them experiencing death. In Genesis chapter 5, we read about Adam's descendants. We read a little bit portion of that earlier. And we keep reading, and he died. But then in, with Enoch, God, it seems like God punctuates in the midst of all that, so, 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 he died. So, 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 he died. And then Enoch, who did not die. It's as though God is saying in Enoch, death does not have the final word. Death is not the end of the story. Death does not have the last word. And death will not have the final victory. And again, thanks be to our God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Where, O oh death, is your sting? Where, O oh grave, is your victory? Well, what relevance did this have for these first century Hebrew Christians who were thinking about leaving the faith. They had come to believe in Jesus Christ. They needed to understand that God is faithful and that he will reward those who earnestly seek him. He will reward them with eternal life. Now, it's true, our seeking him is his doing, and the reward is a gracious gift. It's not, nothing earned, but... The genealogies that we read where Enoch is included, like in Luke 3, verse 37, it's significant. Enoch was born in a line of faith, in a line of believers. Not that being born there saved him, but Enoch was in a covenant succession, a child of the promise. And in Psalm 103, it says this, But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting to those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. So what are your children seeing in you? What do they see in your demeanor? 
how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband, how you treat the children. Let me say this. Bring the gospel to them. Bring the gospel of grace to them. And may they see that you are one to whom that gospel has come. And that there is a sense always of God's amazing grace. And you walk with God. Because it's from and about the God of grace. Walking with God is not just some theological construct. It is the very lifeblood of all that we are. Enoch walked with God and was commended. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for revealing to us Enoch and that he was a man of faith who trusted in you and who walked with you. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us far more revelation than Enoch. Oh, Lord, may we believe. May we believe in the Son whom you sent and in Christ. May we walk with you. Hear us, O Lord, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.